You're listening to the Jets Country Podcast. Powered by Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Network. It's episode three of the Jets Country Podcast. Welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome in. We're glad to have you. I'm your host, Ralph Ventry, publisher of the Jets content at SI.com. I'm honored to add this podcast as a compliment to our written coverage for Sports Illustrated. Excited to bring you a number of featured guests in the coming weeks, in the coming months. We have a special guest today who is really knowledgeable about football, in particular the NFL draft process, but he has a lot of intel on the Jets personnel and a lot of great thoughts and predictions for the upcoming season. And we'll get to that in just a minute as Rick Saratella continues our lineup of featured guests on the Jets Country podcast. And we'll be here with you throughout the preseason, throughout the regular season, and most likely with this Jets team throughout the postseason to bring you Jets talk, Jets news, Jets opinions, and like I said, those special guest interviews which we have one today for episode three. Also, we assume the Jets will be selected for hard knocks, and if and when that happens, we will have reaction podcasts to every episode of the HBO docuseries if the Jets are indeed the featured franchise. I'm sure we'll be learning about that maybe in the coming hours or in the coming days. It's exactly two weeks from training camp today. Today's July 5th. July 19th is the report date. So if we're getting a decision on this, I mean, it's got to be coming soon. Uh, And when it happens, which it seems to be inevitable, we'll have Amanda Shin to break that down for you. And like I said, the reactionary pods to each and every episode. We'll have an introductory podcast episode for Amanda Shin, our Jets Country contributor, focuses on a number of topics, specifically lifestyles and entertainment, that side of things. And we'll chop it up with her. She's knowledgeable about football as well, folks. So don't be fooled. We'll chop it up with her on our next episode, episode four, but today it is Rick Saratella, the NFL Draft Bible founder, NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Scout. He runs allaccessfootball.com. He's been all over the place for the past 20 plus years, and we are honored to chop it up with RIC in the place to be, next on the Jets Country Podcast. Welcoming in Rick Saratella to the Jets Country Podcast. It's Ralph and Rick chopping it up just like old times. Rick, it's great to be reunited with you here on this new platform that I just launched. Um, You're one of the first guests. Uh, It was... Punter Thomas Morstead, a 14-year NFL veteran, and uh, and then Rick Saratella. So uh, thanks for helping us get the Jets Country podcast off the ground. And we're really excited to talk to you today about a number of topics. I know you have a lot of insight from the draft process. I know you have a lot of intel on uh, some of the Jets personnel. Um and we'll even talk some season predictions. You're 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 a draft guru. I know that. We'll we'll touch on the 2024 NFL draft. We got it all. Um, but with that said, Rick, welcome back to the Chop Shop. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Ralph. Uh, happy summer to you. I always uh, have the blade sharpened every time I enter the chop shop. And yeah, as you're sitting here talking, I mean, I go back to the days of uh, Hofstra training camp and, uh, you know, been covering or, or at least following Jersey football uh, for the last 35 years of my life. And so uh, always fun to tur uh, talk turnpike football, whether it's Jets, Giants, I root for Jersey football, Rutgers, uh, always have my finger on the pulse. And, you know, as you know, uh, the Jets did uh, quite well selecting NFLPA collegiate ball players, which I'm excited to chop up and talk about. So, uh, yeah, a lot of different directions we can we can go in this offseason. Well, let's get it started with a quick draft review of the Jets and then we'll get into those NFLPA collegiate bowl players you mentioned. Um, but what did you think about the Jets draft as a whole in 2023? And then what about the uh, early picks? The uh, Will McDonald on the edge at number 15 overall. Uh, how did you feel about Joe Tipman? Uh, did you have him over John Michael Schmitz? And also another guy I really want to get your opinion on is Izzy Bonaconda, the, the running back out of Pitt. So um, give us the Jets draft grade, and then if you would be so kind to touch on those players' selections as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to be excited about. I always love uh, the, to, to kind of gauge the impact the rookie class is going to do. And so I kind of did a uh, rookie recap series over on allaccessfootball.com. Uh, overall, right, from, from the grand scheme of things, you know, the Jets came in with like a 69 overall impact rating. I think the highest rated team was 76 for perspective, I think the lowest team was maybe 63. So for whatever that's worth, I'm not big into grades, but just to give it a, an impact factor, right? And so uh, to me, I thought it was disappointing that kind of the same uh, disappointment we saw in Green Bay, where when you thought that the team needed to add weapons for Aaron Rodgers, they failed to do it early on in the draft, at least. And as much as I like Alan Lazard, you know, we're getting the band back together. Randall Cobb, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson played tremendous last year. I would have liked to see them kind of double down, get a more explosive weapon early on in the draft. And I'll get into the individual picks, but like Mac Four, Will McDonald the Fourth, I, I I understand it. You get Robert Sala, who can utilize this guy as a chess piece, put him in pass rush mismatch situations. But I think he's a third down situational pass rusher this year. And so when I'm taking a guy 15th overall, I want a guy that's probably playing more than 15, 20 snaps a game. Now, I understand this guy has uh, a, a amazing athleticism and bend, and I think that he'll be productive in spurts. But, you know, for the 15th overall pick, I would have liked to see a higher impact guy. Tipman, to answer your question, I do have him as the full-time starter at center, but I did like John Michael Schmitz a little bit more. I think Schmitz is just a, more of a grappler and, and 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 more polished overall. Tipman's a different breed of center, six foot four, six foot five, you know. And this is just now another moving part, and we'll get into kind of like gelling the pieces together. But just another moving part for Aaron Rodgers to adjust to a rookie center, a six foot five rookie center coming in that'll take time. Well well, Rogers well, is well, a professional. Me, yeah, well, well, let me just stop you right there for a second. Um, if you could uh, elaborate on those on those points, uh, uh, McDonald and Tipman. First, with the McDonald pick, you tell me he's probably going to be a third down situational pass rusher this year. That's probably what you can expect. Well, the Jets already have that. They have a Bryce Huff who was more right. than effective in that role last year. So, you know, why why would you then take the number 15 pick and use it on someone if you're ready to win now and you're ready to contend now, you know, did you really need a, a third down situational pass rusher for this season? You know, maybe this was more of a of a long-term pick by Joe Douglas, but then again, if the Jets don't win this year, I don't know if Joe Douglas will be around for the long term. So I I see what you're saying there. 
And then with with uh, uh, Tipman, do you think Tipman has any value? Maybe kicking out to guard if if need be, because you have Connor McGovern re-signed. Can he start at center? And maybe if Tipman needs to step in for Elijah Vera Tucker or or Lakin Tomlinson didn't have the greatest season last year, could could you try him there? I think it's a lot to ask of a rookie on an offensive line that really hasn't been consistent. And so now you're asking him to to play multiple positions. I actually like McGovern more as a natural guard and Tipman at, at, at center. I wouldn't I wouldn't tinker with that too much. I mean, listen, they to me and like they they had six picks here. Tipman out of the six picks is the one guy that I do expect to start out of the gates. And so they did get themselves at least one solid starter here. You know, Will McDonald, I think, the, Ralph, I mean, listen, I think the Jets view him differently than I do. I see an extremely raw, untapped, potential athleticism trait characteristic guy that I'm betting on the upside. The Jets are probably saying, hey, hey, let me get this lump of clay in the building and we're going to mold him into a starting player. So I would imagine they have higher expectations this year than I do. I see him as about a 20, 15, 20 snap guy. I think I had him for seven and a half sacks. And again, it's situational football, but he's got so much to learn just in terms of instincts, experience, uh, setting the edge against the run. Uh, there's a long ways to go in the development of Mac four. All right. So before we move on to these NFL PA bowl rookies that, that the jets have, um, uh, uh, three undrafted free agents and and one draft pick, a, a sixth rounder, Zaire Barnes. Before we move on to that, just how would you sum up the the, the Jets draft? I know you're not into A, B, or C type draft grades, but um, other than Tipman, who you think is a week one starter, uh, do they have any more impact players? Well, I, I think I think everyone was drafted for a reason. Like you look at Carter Warren, who I think could potentially start down the road. However, I think his versatility is what is so valuable. I mean, he could play all five positions. So to me, when you got two tackles that are always injured, no answer at center, uh, weak depth at guard, here's a guy that I would cross train and groom him to be a versatile, valuable backup that might wind up might not start but might wind up playing 70, 80% of the snaps, especially the way we've seen, you know, I have two words next to Carter Warren, versatility, which is great, durability, which is not so great. And, you know, both of these kids, Abanaconda, the running back there, he blocked for out of pit. You know, again, to me, this was, I viewed it as a luxury pick. If I was a piece away from the Super Bowl, and I wanted to add a luxury piece to my offense to try to get me over the top. Not when I got Bam Knight, Michael Carter, uh, uh, Brees Hall, and now I'm adding this guy to the mix. Where Where's the snaps? I don't know. You got McCole Hardman to return kicks. You drafted, you know, you got the other kid, uh, the undrafted free agent who could return kicks. So I have I have a Bonaconda with the 450 all-purpose yards, but I just think, like, now you he's got to wait for injuries to happen, which very well could but like you had three, you had three deep on the running back. You had returner filled, and and then you you draft a guy in the fifth round that you know he's only going to play if, if there's an injury. So again, I I didn't understand that pick. I get fastest, arguably the fastest kid in the draft. So hey, who doesn't love speed? And Bernard Converse, I think is is, is going to maybe compete at a nickelback nickelback slot. But I think he's more of a practice squad candidate. So I don't see a, a lot of high impact. But hey. Who am I? Who am I to call, sit here? What the Jets only had the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive player rookie of the year. So who am I to sit here and uh, knock Joe Joe Douglas? Hey, uh, somebody's got to do it, right? No, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carter Warren. You know, you mentioned you had the versatility, the durability listed there. One good, one not so good. But you forgot to mention Jersey guy. You know, you got to yeah. give some love to. To our Garden State alumni, uh, I believe, what sure. was that? A Passaic Tech, right? Passaic, yeah. Yeah. So um, the Jets uh, and, and a Bonaconda from, uh, I believe, Lincoln High School out of Brooklyn. So Jets with a little local flavor in this draft. Although uh, 
as you mentioned, maybe on a Bonaconda, more of a, a luxury pick for the Jets uh, at, at that point in the game. Um, you know, but uh, it, it's crazy how uh, running backs really going so late in, in, in the draft these days and not making any money relative to uh, what other positions are. And we got to do a whole show on that, the, uh, the, 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 the demise of the running back position I mean it's really wild I mean when 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 we were younger you know the the Walter Payton's the Earl Campbell's I I grew up with Thurman Thomas you know the running backs were the stars you know and now they're kind of just uh afterthoughts and and nobody gets 10 carries uh 30 carries a game anymore it's more like you get 10 touches and you spread it around I I don't know how I feel about that but whatever I'm not I just uh, kind of going off on a tangent there, Rick. But uh, but yeah, that that that's a topic. Well, I, I do show. I do I do think <laughs> the Jets will lean on the ground game. I think the running attack is somewhat making a comeback in the NFL. You're seeing more teams now getting back to a balanced 50-50. Some teams now, like the Falcons and the Bears, even run the ball more than they passed the ball a couple years ago. That was unheard of. Nobody was running the ball more than they were passing the ball. So you got maybe 12 to 16 teams now implementing a fullback. The NFL works in, in cycles, and I do believe the uh, running game will bounce back. At the end of the day, if you look at the teams who win Super Bowls, still got a good running game and good defense. Still a secret uh, recipe to success in the National Football League. Without a doubt. All right, well, let's let's move on to these uh, NFL PA Bowl rookies. Um Xavier Gibson, uh, an exciting receiver out of Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I covered him uh, in my FCS coverage, a small school prospect. So uh, I've known about him a little undersized, but but he can sure fly. And then you have Jason Brownlee, the, um, the receiver out of Southern Miss. Uh, Zaire Barnes is the linebacker out of Western Michigan. Um, I, maybe he's a... I can see him as a as a really key contributor on special teams for the Jets uh, as a rookie, um, and then you have Deslin Alexander, another player from Pitt, uh, a, 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 an undrafted rookie. Uh, so you have the three undrafted rookies, and then the one sixth rounder. Um, Alexander, somebody I can see maybe stealing a roster spot. I, I can definitely see the two receivers on the practice squad um i could see them making an, another team uh making a 53 man for another team but but just not with the jets because of of all the free agent signings you know you have to account for cobb lazard hardman garrett wilson you still have Corey davis on the books you have a second round pick and denzel mims um, so I don't know where these guys can steal a spot, but as far as a developmental receiver on the practice squad, I, 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 I think you can lock those guys in right now. In in my opinion, um, tell us a little bit about each of these players, because of course you are an NFL PA bowl scout and, uh, you helped bring these players to Pasadena and then you spent an entire week out there. Uh, with the whole all-star game experience uh, from weigh-ins to the to the seminars that are put on for these players and then the practices where you have uh, uh, a, a number of former NFL players coaching in those practices and then to game day. Um, I know Jeff Fisher's coached, uh, Jeff Fisher's team uh, won the game this year. Um I know Jets alumnus Anthony Beck was a longtime tight ends coach out there. Uh, obviously, this year, I think he stepped away to coach the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL. But, hey, the point being, you know everything about the NFL PA Bowl. So give us the intel on these four Jets players and kind of uh, what, what, what went down out there in Pasadena? Well, yes, I, I know them all very well, Ralph, uh, both professionally and personally. I spent a lot of time with these young men, so I probably know too much, more than I should, maybe more than <laughs> their teams do. Uh, let's start off with Deslin Alexander, right, because he was literally the first player I ran into, for me, off the plane when I walked into the Intercontinental Hotel, 
hopped on the plane or hopped on the elevator fresh off the plane in my Damar Hamlin uh, hoodie. And uh, Deslin Alexander was entering the elevator in his Pittsburgh gear. And so, uh, you know, the, 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 there was like uh, the easy icebreaker, you know, nice hoodie. <laughs> and so I gave him the, the old uh, scouting story of how I went back into Pittsburgh and, and scouted DeMar Hamlin. Him and Dane Jackson were both coming out the same year that season. And so, um, you know, and, and then I said, Doe, Doe, I, I put my hand on his shoulders, you know, and he's like ripping out of the shirt. He's all jacked up, cut up. I said, bro, what are we benching these days? And, man, really a, a, a very likable guy, man, very, very professional uh, somebody you want to work with. Now, Deslin, cover your ears. You know, it, the, the problem is, Ralph, is the size, right? We just didn't know where he fit. And, and he's got kind of the, the the tweener. Is he a tackle? Is he an end? I don't know. It's going to be tough because he's a good football player. I just don't know if he has a real position at the next level. And, you know, he does a great job. Um you know, with the bend and, 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 you know, getting after it and the aggression. But I just wonder if he has the size and the strength to hold up at the point of attack at the next level. And he's going to have to be asked to stop the run. And that's what I'm going to be looking at for Deslin Alexander to do in terms of trying to make this roster. I do think he'll get a shot, a shot to, to kind of develop on the practice squad for at least a season. Yeah, you never know. These pit players may surprise you. Dane sure. Jackson was a... Dane Jackson was a seventh-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. They said he wasn't fast enough, he wasn't big enough, and he started for for division-winning teams. So um, you, you, you never know. Maybe you get a diamond in the rough, but um, maybe that Pat tweener— Pat Narduzzi has a track record for coaching up players and getting them prepared for the next level. So I want to put it past him. I'm just telling you, that's what the uphill battle as an undrafted free agent, Deslin Alexander— and I'll, I'll get into— uh, Zaire Barnes sticking on the defense because this guy was making plays all week long at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl practice week, uh, flying to the football, right? He's your typical hair on fire. Uh, in fact, we lined him up at all three linebacker positions. I think he had a turnover in the game. Can't remember. I think he might have had an interception or a fumble during the game. That was consistent to what he did all week. I kind of see him as a run and chase cover linebacker, probably going to compete at the will spot if I had to guess. But I, th I think Zaire Barnes is probably like that sneaky dark horse rookie. And again, like you take a look at the NFL PA Bowl and some of these schools in Southern Mississippi and Stephen F. Austin. And to me, it's the most diverse all-star game on the circuit. And it's well, you got power for five there, too. You got power. You have uh, Illinois and uh, and USC oh, Trojans. And, you know, you got it all. You, and you have some D2 stars, too. So, like you said, the, the di diversity is really the one thing that – that has always stood out to me when it comes to the yeah. NFL PA Bowl. You, and I, you and I guys would say it's do. Probably, it's probably 60% Power 5, Ralph, but having that other 40% from FBS or FCS and D2, D3, man, I, I, I think it's really, it, it really serves a purpose. But, no, um, without a doubt. That was the one thing that always impressed me about the NFL PA Bowl, how you guys really get out there and get after it and and uncover every stone and you know try to uh, find some uh, uncover some hidden gems and then of course well we had we had we had 16 guys drafted and i believe uh, 12 of them were not even invited to the NFL scouting combine so that that's really uh, a testament to Dane Vandernat cool. and, and the scouting staff that he's assembled but let me get into no. these receivers yeah uh, absolutely absolutely Xavier Gibson love this young man you're right Five foot nine, 175 pounds soaking wet. Uh, but man, is he productive, right? 4,000 yards, four year starter, uh, 40 touchdowns. Now, again, four punt returns for a touchdown. Where does he fit in? I, I see him as a jet sweep guy. Now, he's small. He's also a really good blocker. I don't know how much that's going to help his cause, but you got Abacanda, you got McCall Hardman. Is there room? I don't see it on the active roster. And he'll be competing uh, essentially with another NFL PA Bowl alumni uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'll tell you what, man. Jason Brownlee, it, it was not hard to find him throughout the week because that Southern Miss helmet 
was making plays. Southern Miss, Southern Miss. He 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 created a nice little buzz for him amongst the scouts on the sidelines. He's a JUCO transfer from Last Chance U, three-year starter. Um, there at Southern Miss, sticky hands, good route runner, smooth, explosive. Uh, I think Brownlee has the size here to be a good developmental wide receiver. I'm not expecting a lot from him early on in the season, but this is this is your prototypical developmental player that down the road in a year or two, uh, I could see Brownlee having a significant impact in this offense. And I, I, I do want to say that I was uh, at the East-West Shrine Bowl as well and one guy that they did sign undrafted that I want to talk about is Trey Dean out of Florida because to me Trey Dean had one of the most impressive practice weeks out at the East West Shrine Bowl now I know he he ran a 4.7540 at the yep. NFL combine which is a yeah. death sentence it, for safeties it, 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 it's it's uh crazy that you or or coincidence that you bring him up because I just ran a feature on him on the website at jetscountry.com about the undrafted free agent most likely to make the roster um, or with the best chance. And and I did my intel on on him, you know, uh, uh, a starter, uh, a four-year performer at the SEC level. And yeah, he he was slower than molasses with that 40. But if you can get past that, you have a heck of a football player and... You know what? He didn't do well in the 40, but he did some other things well in testing. I think he put up 25 reps on the bench, which was the highest of all safeties. So he's got the strength. I think his broad jump, his his um his vertical were solid, you know? It's just that 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 40 really uh you tell me that that probably cost him a draft position, right? That yeah, I mean, listen, at one point in his career, we were talking about Trey Dean as a potential top 100 overall selection. He can play both safety spots. He can play nickel. He's got great instincts, uh, just natural uh, uh, FBI football intelligence. And so to me, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you, Rob. I think we make too much of a safety speed. Like for, uh, the kid from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton, was it? Ran a four seven two, and then... People suddenly were scared. I mean, he had a pretty – I know he got hurt, but he had a pr- pretty solid year. And, listen, I'm not worried about the speed for my safety. Can he play football? Trey Dean can play football. I, a couple other guys, Zach Kuntz, Old Dominion tight end, st- st- stood out to me. I know we mentioned AJ, EJ Jenkins leading up to the draft. And, uh, you know, I think, I, if anything, the depth and the competition in training camp is, is going to be greater than it was a year ago. And I know that's definitely uh, a goal of Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. They 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 mention that constantly. Really, every NFL uh, coach mentions that constantly. You know, competition, competition for for your spot. You're you're playing for your spot every day. You step out onto the field. I mean, well, well Aaron Rodgers. I think he's safe at at quarterback one. I don't think he's playing for his spot every day. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's uh, you mean Zach Wilson isn't giving him help. <laughs> How about that? You know, Zach Wilson has actually looked all right in in OTAs. I mean, but but I I, yeah, I don't you get even you like, get him in that pro day environment. He's gonna look real good. Uh, absolutely. Well, that's how do you think he wound up as the the number two overall pick? You know, and that's why I love OTAs because it gives you a taste of football when when yeah. you're so hungry for it. But I really don't like talking about OTAs because. It's shorts and and no pads and no no live contact. So I mean, and and it's a whole lot. It's a lot different when 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 the quote unquote bullets are flying, you know, in in real game situations. So yeah, I think um, I think we saw Zach Wilson down here at the on the Jersey Shore boardwalk. We call him Cool Breeze, man, <laughs> playing against the Nair. Look real good against the air, bro. <laughs> yeah, those receivers routes against air is always uh, is always a lot better than having to go up against uh, a Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed in practice. Which uh, which brings me to our to our next topic. Um, before we get into um, Jet season predictions, how about a roster evaluation? Uh, you did it a little bit before with your previous comment about about competition at all of the mm-hmm. different roster spots. Um, 
But just a quick uh, look at the Jets roster, you know, what comes to your mind and uh, how do you think Joe Douglas has done here now? This is his, his fifth year. He's had four drafts. Obviously, they missed on the quarterback, Wilson, but he he recovers and, and pulls off this Rodgers move. And uh, it looks like they're obviously putting all their eggs in that basket. Um, but I think this is a team with a lot of talent and depth at defense on defense. Um, and I would love to know how you see it. Uh, give us a quick Jets roster evaluation from Rick Saratella, allaccessfootball.com. Yeah, you know, I think, Ralph, in, in terms of just generally speaking, in terms of just pure talent, I mean, I think it's very talented uh, B-plus overall roster. I do. I think the issues here, right, and, and I, I've lived through a lot of these, I don't know if you call it reclamation projects. I mean, we, we, we've we we've been on the back nine or late to the – I mean, I've, I've witnessed Brett Favre. I witnessed Vinny Testaverde. I witnessed uh, a Boomer Esiason way back when. And they all fairly were, were successful during their time in New York, but – the one thing that stands out to me, it took time. It took time to gel. And you have all these moving parts. You've got these Green Bay parts coming in. You've got your, your bell cow back coming off an injury. We, we think Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver one, but who, is he the top playmaker? I guess he is. Uh, the, the offensive line has a lot of moving parts. I think the defense will be top five-ish. And so, like, I, and I think they will lean on the ground game if they're healthy. And so, to me, it's just the reality. And if you don't mind, I'll transition into the schedule, or you want me to wait for the prediction? No, no, go right in. Yeah, yeah, transition think, right think, into the schedule and, and, yeah. and the season, the season predictions. I think, I, think, then... I think this is, the, I think this is the reality, Ralph. Like, I, I looked at the schedule, and I, I have their, their schedule basically broken down into four legs, right? Four quarters. You got the first quarter, which is extremely difficult if you and get if out of there to... one and three if you get out of that first quarter one and three that's a that's an accomplishment well, i mean you got my, my whole thing with the jets is you know you have no uh no time to to develop and get on the same page you know you have to hit the ground running aaron Rodgers has to have that that chemistry from day one because if not you're gonna get you're gonna get blown out of your building by Buffalo in Week One, and then it's gonna be a tough sledding at Dallas, and then you have the Chiefs coming up in Week Four. Um, so, you know, well, I, I mean, do, I do not I do not anticipate Aaron Rodgers to play a lot of preseason snaps. So essentially, now this I'm gonna take the first I'm gonna cheat, Ralph. The first quarter, the first chunk of the season, the six games. To me, that's the real preseason, right? And we're gonna find out. That, that week six against Philly, which they're going to lose, how bad do they lose? Because to me, week one, Buffalo, that's a loss. Week two, at Dallas, that's a loss. Week three, New England is winnable. Week four, the Chiefs, that's a loss. Denver, 50-50, right? But, it, but it's winnable. So And then Philly. So I think they go two and four out of the gates. And, and people are going to start saying, oh, did we do the right thing? Did we make the right? But Rodgers will get it together. They will gel, right? And then they go into uh, uh, MetLife against the Giants, right? I think they can win the battle of the back page. I really do. I think the Jets are a better team than the Giants. So I think, uh, they, be I think they beat the Giants. Whoa, whoa. I think they're competitive with the Chargers. They lose that game. They beat the Raiders. Then they lose to the Bills again. That second, they go two and two, right? So now we're, we're – now Miami, they always play tough. You split Miami – Beat that first game against Miami, Atlanta, Houston, three winnable games. They put together a three-game win streak, right? Yeah. They start believing. They start getting the fan base excited. Now we're gelling, right? We're taking advantage the, of the Houston is, Texans and the Atlanta yep. Falcons of the world. And then and then you have Miami, which is always a 50-50 game. You have the Washington football team, another winnable game. And then Cleveland and New England. So, like, going into that last stretch – if they can really ride, I think they'll have a little three-game win streak heading into that final quarter. And if Rodgers can rally the troops and stay healthy and kind of gel it all together, I mean, at the end of the day, I have them as a 9-8 and eight team. I think they sneak in as a wild card, and they'll be as, as dangerous as anybody at that point in the season. And, hey, this AFC gauntlet, let me tell you, 
I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in the AFC. And I, I, got, I mentioned Herbert. I mentioned Lamar Jackson. You got Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson is a, you know, Josh Allen. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is even a top five quarterback in the AFC. But he's got the experience. He knows what it takes. And all you got to do is get in the tournament and anybody can win the dance. You know, I, I picked the Jets schedule when it came out for the website at JetsCountry.com. And uh, I had a similar result as you did. I had them going nine and eight. Um, you know, I had them uh, uh, getting beat uh, the first two weeks. And, or no, I, I, I regardless, I had them off to like a two and four start, but uh, had them rebounding. And I do think nine and eight, but to be honest with you, Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little too much. Since then, I, I've seen a committed Aaron Rodgers. I've and, and I know it's only OTAs, but the fact that he was there the whole time, that says something in terms of commitment. And I think he may be focused. I think he's determined. And I think that's really dangerous. Now, to be honest with you, I don't think you can count on the defense always being top five. I mean, there's no way they fall out of the top 10 just on talent-wise, but but defense is, 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 is fickle sometimes from year to year. Uh, things change, and, and sometimes it's, it's all about a bounce of a ball, getting turnovers, um, and sometimes they just don't come. So... So I, well, I, I will say you know, what what I will say is they got the best defensive tackle in football, arguably, and the best cornerback in tackle in, in football, arguably. So they have some pieces there. No, no question, and um, the 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 talent is there, and I I, I think their slot corner Michael Carter is pretty good. I think he's yeah, underrated. Secondary is solid. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, um, but uh, but I just don't know how much you can um. Uh, put on the defense's shoulders. Now, with that said, I think the defense is going to be playing with a little less pressure than they did last year because at least they don't feel they don't feel defeated when they walk onto the field because they know their quarterback and their offense has a shot. They always have a shot with Aaron Rodgers, and maybe that that alleviates some of the pressure. You know, I, I'm just throwing well, this I think, all I think out. We got Hackett there too now, right? Hackett as the OC, so Saylor could really just dedicate all his focus and attention to the defense. No, and it, I, think, exactly, I think that's what it, I think exactly, that's what that, and that's yeah. what that's why I think there's a way that this can work. You know, I, I, at one point I saw the Jets even with Rodgers only as an eight or nine win team. I told you I picked them for nine and eight, but I think there is a chance that. Now you can't guarantee it. I don't know if I'd go down to the to the sports book and put my money on it, but there's a chance to me that this all comes together and it, and it works and and you get the defensive performance uh, at a top level with Sala focused on just the D, Hackett and Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. They have the rapport from week one and Rodgers is, de is determined and he he finds. Well, the how, how about this? You know? How about this, Ralph? I got a scenario for you. I got a question for you. Should DeAndre Hopkins sign with the Patriots, where do the Jets fall in the AFC East power rankings? I got the Jets at third right now. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe tied with the Dolphins, but I don't know if you can do that because you don't. Uh, the the there's still as great as Rodgers is. If the is, Patriots sign Hopkins, are you still putting the Jets over New England? Yes, yes. I, I, I don't think. Uh, I think that becomes, that becomes, that comes down to, if they get another weapon like Hopkins, a game breaker, who I still think Hopkins is a game breaker. But if the Patriots get another weapon like Hopkins, where that puts them in the Jets is, is it comes down to the quarterback. And even at thirty nine years old, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Mac Jones. Sure. So. I, I other than getting another quarterback, I don't know what the Patriots can do to get out of that number four spot. 
You know, I think they're a middling team. I think they're seven, eight win team. I, um, I do. I will say I do believe that Ramondre Stevenson, the running back there, is going to lead the NFL. That's my hot take. Ramondre Stevenson, your NFL leading rusher. I would go down to the local sports book and put a little wager on that one. Well, you got me right into the next topic. I mean, you're a pro. <laughs> I mean, we, we were going to do a little over-unders here with with, with, with with some Jets players. Um, but, yeah, obviously, and Ramondre Stevenson will be the number one back uh, in New England. Uh, Damian Harris signed with Buffalo, so he's gone. So, I mean, but the one thing is, can you trust Belichick? He always seems, you know, one guy will go for 25 carries and, and 150 yards, and then the next game he'll get five touches. I mean, Belichick is, is so I think, frustrating I think the for running, fantasy the running managers. Back room, the running back room has finally started to clear out there in New England, and I think very quietly, Ramondre Stevenson had over 1,000, 1,100 yards rushing last year and only started about half the season. I don't think people understand or realize that. Uh, this guy is as big and as explosive. He is very similar to a Derrick Henry. And in fact, if I was starting a ball club today, I, I would take Ramondre Stevenson over Derrick Henry. Wow, that's that that's a, that's a, a strong statement from from Rick Saratella. But but uh, I, I trust the guy who gets out there every Saturday, and not not only just Saturdays. He's out at practices. I mean. This is what a scout does. So he's from from Penn State to to Little St. Francis to Pitt to to Boston College to Rutgers. This guy's all over the Northeast uh, come college football season. So that's that's why I trust him. That's why I bring him on the Jets Country Podcast. We give you quality guests here, quality football conversation. We're, and, and and you know what we're gonna we're gonna have some counterpoints at, at times we're not gonna everything's not all rainbows and daisies here okay we're, we're gonna give you some opinions that maybe you'll disagree with which you're more than entitled to we're gonna give you some opinions that maybe you don't like you know I'm not here to uh to tell you the Jets are uh, going all the way to the Super Bowl I mean th- there's a possibility like I said this thing can go right this thing can click. And 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 the Jets could make a great run, but like I said, there 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 is a lot of uphill that the Jets are going, especially with this AFC and and the quarterbacks in the AFC and the quality of the teams. And I think the one thing that that scares me a little bit is is the element that you mentioned, that element of time. You know, it 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 may take time. Rodgers may get it eventually, but it may take time. And maybe that's not until the last four games of the season. But if you're the Jets, you're just hoping that that you're still in contention by the last four games of the season because you have this gauntlet of a schedule. But but anyway, um, we got Rick, Ralph and Rick. I mean, there's no... I love chopping it up with this guy, my fellow Jersey Paisan. Uh, we've been doing it for years, and now we get to do it on the Jets Country Podcast. Um I know that he'll be back on the uh, on the show at some point once my first check clears. Uh, you know, it's in the mail, Rick. All right. So, um, but um, <laughs> you can play basketball with that thing. You know, <laughs> bouncing up and down. Um, anyway, who who even writes checks anymore? By the way, what yeah, a right. what a world we live in. All right. Well, before we 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 do a quick. 2024 NFL Draft Primer, and before we let you uh, promote your uh, next ventures, um, which I know you're you're going through an exciting time right now, um, before we do that, let's just do a quick over unders because I, I I love these, I always appreciate these, and um, and we'll just do we'll just do four. We're gonna go first with uh, Garrett Wilson receiving yards. Uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one, and he's at. 1150 and a half. He had 1103 last year. Okay. Does he take a big jump with Rodgers as the quarterback? 1150 and a half for Garrett Wilson over under season receiving yards. I don't know if he takes a big jump statistically speaking, Ralph. Will he be a better player? Sure. Will there be more mouths to feed? Absolutely. Will Rodgers like to go to what's familiar in Lazard and Cobb? I think so. 
Eleven fifty. I think they're they're right there. I, I would say like eleven seventy eight. I'm gonna go over. I think he's right around twelve hundred receiving yards. I do think he emerges as the wide receiver one, and so I'm gonna go over with Garrett Wilson. Uh, I'm with you on that one. I think he's uh, he's definitely somebody I'm targeting in my in my fantasy drafts coming up. But maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid because I've been so immersed in the Jets lately. Um, now, this one I'm not so sure about because I don't know about the health factor. Uh, everybody just assumes that, yeah, Brees Hall looked good running around the field in OTAs. And to me, I've and I know technology, I know medical technology is different now. Um, but, but to me, it's like ACL, you're not the same until at least 12 months after. And, and it takes you a little while to ramp up to to full game speed and and maybe you can do it for a few plays but but to be at full game speed for 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 a big workload in week 1 when you're when you're not even you know 10 months removed from surgery it it, it could be a big ask with that said if he is healthy we saw the electra uh, the electricity that he brought last year all right so Brees Hall are you buying or selling here? Eight seventy-five and a half rush yards. Eight seventy-five. Does he does he push nine hundred rush yards over under Brees Hall? I'm going way under, and I will double down and say that there is a fifty-fifty chance come late August. Ezekiel Elliott might be the feature back. Whoa, Zeke! Zeke waiting in the wings to to come on in. That wouldn't that be something? Interesting. What? That's a that's a a bold prediction here on the Jets Country Podcast. It was something to keep an eye. It's the hot stove season. Yeah, baby, hot takes, hot takes all around. It's not even Tuesday, and we got a hot take Tuesday. <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll, now we'll go for two two of these props for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the first one, pass yards, thirty nine fifty and a half. Thirty nine fifty and a half pass yards for Rodgers. We know that Broadway Joe is the only Jet to do uh, uh, four thousand yards in a season. Uh, does Rodgers join him? Is that true? Yeah, Broadway Joe, 1967, 4,007 yards in a 14-game season. They haven't had another 4,000-yard passer since. Fitzpatrick would have done it if he had a 17th game. In what, that's uh, remarkable. I think he had about 3,900. But, uh, but, but that's never had another 4,000-yard passer. Unbelievable, right? I mean, you, the, the, the quarterback... Uh, I feel like half the, half the quarterbacks throw for four thousand yards every year. So. Yeah, yeah, four thousand is the new three thousand. You know, when yeah, when we were right. growing up, if Kelly or Elway or Marino, they would get to three thousand. Marino would he he would be the the one guy who would who you'd pencil in for four thousand. But everybody right. else was kind of shooting at three k. Now it's kind of with the new NFL. We know how they love the forward pass. and uh, Jim Everett was a gunslinger thrown for 3,300 yards. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why you have to, you have to compare amazing, these. I, I wouldn't have thought that because almost every quarter, every star, every quarterback who plays uh, starts most of the games throws for 4,000. I'm going to go way over here. I, I see like a 4,400-yard, 35-touchdown, nine-interception type of season for A-Rod. All right, so he answered the second question. Over, under 29-and-a-half TD passes. He's going with 35. Um, I, I say he's probably right around the number, right around 30. Um, and I think I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was the only Jet to actually throw 30 touchdown passes in a, in a single season. Um, so that's kind of hard to believe, too. I mean, the Jets have been in, in, in quarterback purgatory for, for quite some time. It's Chad Pennington, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chad Chad was probably the last uh, – the, the last um, – I mean, other than the year Fitzpatrick had and – it ended. Yeah. It ended in with interceptions and a, and a, no, and a big a stop, loss. Stop gap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on yep. his way to one of twenty pit stops around the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I got to give my FCS guy a little Harvard Ivy oh, League. Or I got 
the got only the quarterback to you know? score a perfect the, score the, on the Wonderlick the, test? The, the, the Amish Amazon... rifle, they call them. He's not, yeah, right. he's not a bazooka. He's, he's, the, he's, he's an Amish rifle, you know? He may want to stick to the day job, though, because I wasn't a big fan on Amazon. Oh, okay. Okay, I, you know, I... See, I, I, I'm, I'm partial with Fitz, so, You're so right. I, I, I can't knock him. But the wardrobe, but yeah, cool, you know. Yeah, the yeah, wardrobe, the wardrobe you yeah. gotta give him props for the wardrobe. I mean, but, but that's yeah, like no, saying, he, hey, Gardner <laughs> Minshew is a good quarterback because of the, the look, stash. Right? He's got the yeah, stash, right. right? I mean, yeah, I, Fitzpatrick isn't gonna, uh, isn't going to inspire me to subscribe to Amazon Prime if, if that's yeah, right. what, <laughs> if that's what it is, if what it's to. All right, so Rick. Uh, maybe touch on, I, I know you're knee deep in the draft and, uh, NFL PA bowl scouting. Um, so I wanted to touch a little bit on the 2024 draft, um, before I give you the floor, you know, you've been so generous with your time here. Um, I know that you're, you're hanging down at the Jersey shore with your, uh, lovely daughter, Oceana. Um, so I hope you you have a great uh, have a great weekend with her. Watch and out I don't if she hears you, she might be making a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know she's always welcome. She is uh, <laughs> she is a sweetheart. Uh, I hope to get down there um, a few miles south and visit you guys at some point this summer. Um, but but anyway, a few let's miles in the... a few hours. <laughs> oh yeah, at this time of year, I, I, I might as well walk. I mean, I could use the exercise. So, kayak down the Barnegat Bay down. All, all the uh, all the seaside Tonys are coming down from uh, from Essex County and Bergen oh, County yeah. uh, for, the, oh, for yeah. the summer. I think. Hey, Brees Hall was at uh, was at DJ's in Belmar uh, okay. a few weeks ago. Yeah, DJ's. Yeah, in watch Belmar. out. Yeah, I actually hold got on to your uh, jewelry. Hold on to your jewelry, Breeze. So, yeah, so I got. Uh, <laughs> I actually have one of our Jets country contributors working on a story. Was Le'Veon all... Bell robbed when he was on the Jets or the Steelers? Remember Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, stri- no, no, I, I remember. I New remember York when City you remember. got him. Yeah, he woke yeah, up yeah, in, yeah. The, in his bed. The two strippers got him. He all his jewelry and money was gone. He said, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah, he had an uh, hustle, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, uh <laughs> it's some of these guys, you know, you you got to realize what you're getting into, you know. Let me <laughs> let me just say that, but but yeah, the it, it can get a little wild at the what Rick's saying is it can get a little wild down at the Jersey Shore uh on summer nights at some of these establishments and and and, and the things that go on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 double chin strap affair. Yep, absolutely and and it's just Really, nothing good happens after midnight down there at the Jersey Shore. So, um, you know, uh, once the sun goes down, you might as well stay inside, right? Anyway. Think for yourself, uh, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a family show, Rick. This is a family show here. We want Jets fans of all ages, okay? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, 2024 NFL Draft. I wanted you to focus. I mean, we could we could do a five hour show on the draft here. Uh, yeah, uh, but right. but but I just wanted you to focus uh, on two positions because uh, um, I think the Jets will be in the market for a defensive tackle and an offensive tackle next year. Um, obviously, Dwayne Brown at offensive tackle. He's thirty eight years old. Who knows what Makai Becton's future holds? Uh, they have Carter Warren in the pipeline as a developmental, um, but but I think they'll be in the market for at least one offensive tackle next year. So what do we have there? And also defensive tackle. Um, uh, if Quinton Williams doesn't get extended, then they don't have anyone under contract at that position uh, for next year. I believe Quinton Jefferson and Al Woods were just on one-year deals. I think Solomon Thomas came back, but it was just a one-year deal. So th- there's no long-term stability uh, at either OT or DT. And I'd love to get your take on who Jets fans should look for when the college football season comes around uh, this fall. Yeah, I would, I would say, uh, Ralph, it's a stellar uh, offensive tackle class, and I thought it was a good one this past year, but we didn't see anybody in the top 10. And we talked about this on the, the, the draft preview series, how you might not see a tackle in the top 10, then there's going to be a big run on them. 
I think next year there's going to be a run early and often. Right now, Fashanu out of Penn State, he would have probably been a top 10 pick. He might have been the first tackle off the board this year. He got a first-round grade from the NFL advisory board. I know that him and his parents value education. And so uh, there was also a sense with Drew Alar, 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 the five-star, that this might be the best season yet under James Franklin, that Penn State has a legitimate shot, dark horse, but legitimate shot to make the college football playoffs. So I think Fashanu, when you talk about he was only 20 years old, uh, if he were to come out, redshirt sophomore, he'll be going into his junior season, just has size, tremendous strength. Rare athleticism. These guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster, and he could potentially be the number one overall pick if it's not a quarterback or if it's not Joe Alt from Notre Dame, uh, the other, you know, golden boy, offensive tackle, picturesque, prototypical size, fundamentally sound, uh, you know, Joe Alt, Fashanu from Penn State. And then I'll say um, in terms of seniors, Jordan Morgan out of Arizona – uh, was, I believe, maybe the highest-rated senior amongst uh, some of the NFL scouting services. So that just goes to show you how high NFL evaluators think of that young man coming into the season. And then uh, defensive tackle, I have here Mason Smith from LSU is a guy, he's six foot six, 310 pounds. Uh, he looks like he could play in the NFL right now. I think he is a top-10 candidate. Uh, Michael Hall, I know, out of Ohio State is going to get a lot of love. A little bit smaller, a little bit more compact, a little bit more agile uh, and athletic. And, you know, Ohio State, they always have that defensive line rotation. But Michael Hall, I think, is the best of the bunch there, potential first-round pick. And then I'll give you a guy that's not necessarily a clear-cut first-round guy. I think he's someone who's flashed. And if, if the light bulb ever goes on and he puts it all together, Shamar Turner out of Texas A&M, uh, this guy is big, he's fast, he's physical. I think he might run a 40-yard dash time that could compare maybe to uh, some running backs. I mean, if he can actually just kind of put the whole thing together, Shamar Turner from Texas A&M I think is a guy that can just kind of skyrocket uh, between now and April. You're on mute. You're on mute. I still can't hear you. Oh, uh, yeah, a little technical difficulty there for a second. But, right. yeah, so there are some names that um, there are some names that you can track and uh, you can keep an eye on. They'll be uh, in the 2024 NFL draft, and that's next April out in Detroit. Uh, I don't know. You going to Detroit Rock City there uh, for, for for the draft, Rick, or no? <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll see you out there. But uh, well, um, with that said, uh, I hope you we do see you back on the Jets Country podcast at some point because this was all great insight um, and uh, just great conversation. And as I mentioned, I, I always enjoy – uh, chopping it up with you. Um, but now I'll give you the floor as I like to do to all of our guests. I give them some time to, to promote what, what's on their mind. If they want to give a message to our listeners, if they, uh, want to, uh, talk about, uh, some exciting things that we need to look out for on their end. If you have a website you'd like to plug, you know, do it all. Uh, it's it, it's it, it's your time, Rick. Well, thanks, Ralph. Uh, thanks for having me here. Yes, I will be back on uh, Jets Country. So moonlight on Giants Country, and sure, I'll be making appearances across Fan Nation and, and Sports Illustrated continuously. A um, little bit of personal news that I have not announced yet. So not sure when this is airing. I'm not sure if I'll have it announced publicly. So maybe. Uh, for those of us who do care, I, I do want to let you know that I've mutually agreed to part ways from Sports Illustrated. Um, I, I really appreciate the time on the platform over the last four years or so. I think um, I've grown tremendously as a professional, as an individual, 
as a uh, scout, as a media maven, and um, the the growth from when we first came onto the platform, uh, we probably grew too big for our own good. It, there was some challenges along the way, but I think it got us in front of millions of people, and so I'll be uh, grateful for that. And so um, the NFL Draft Bible, we will see what happens there. Uh, I know we will continue to service pro football teams, but um, I'm really excited for my next venture that I, I, I can't talk about too much in great detail. I will say that it's a role that I believe, you know, I had a good run at NFL Draft Bible over 20 years of providing independent scouting analysis. I love to do that. Um, ironically enough, the thing I'll probably be most proud of at Sports Illustrated has nothing to do with football. Um, and I've never, I've been so busy, Ralph, I've never even announced or promoted or told anybody. But um, if you follow us on Twitter, you, you might have saw a couple years ago, we were doing all kinds of esports. And, um, you know, ESI, Esports Illustrated, was a concept that I created out of thin air. And it turned into a $10 million project. Um, shout out to Mook Williams, my consulting partner who, who executed all the legalities. But uh, I'm very proud of, of creating the Esports Illustrated brand, something that I identified it needed to be done. And uh, I'll be proud of that, man. Uh, that, that, that to me is probably the biggest gift I could have ever given to Sports Illustrated. Um, but, you know, what I've been doing over the last 20 years at the NFL Draft Bible, Ralph, I, I believe that it's been grooming me for my next role. And sometimes when uh, pr preparation meets opportunity, you're preparing for something that you just don't know. We have an old uh, saying in the scouting business, just keep stacking. You know, sometimes this thing can seem so tedious and never ending and you question it a lot. Uh, you, you wouldn't be human if you're not. And, and then things like this come into your life. And I will just tell you that when I when I am and things are moving fast, we'll have an announcement soon. Stay tuned at allaccessfootball.com. That's where my newsletter is. I'll be writing about my new venture. I'll continue my role. Hopefully in the in, in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, nothing's promised in this business. We will have a new NFL PA director. DeMurray Smith will be leaving us. So anything is possible, but I, I do believe that our reputation precedes us and where that game was before Dane Vandernat took it over and brought me on board and where it is now, I believe it has grown uh, tenfold. So hopefully I get to continue doing that. And uh, I'm a football lifer, man. Until they throw my ashes over here in the Jersey Shore Lavalette, uh, I can promise you that I will always be involved in football and uh, appreciate all the love and support out there. Th this is about as excited as I've ever been in my entire professional life. So buckle up. All right. Well, Rick Saratella has something new, uh, something brewing down there at the Jersey Shore, and we're excited to see it, and you know we'll support it when when it goes live. Um, so uh, we'll look forward to that news. Uh, you can find them at allaccessfootball.com. Of course, he'll still be a guest on – uh, Jets Country podcast on Fan Nation, and as he mentioned, he collaborates with Patricia Trena over at Giants Country. She does a phenomenal job covering Big Blue, and um, uh, I, I know that even if the uh, if the draft bible is uh, is not published, you still know that he'll be knee dra uh, knee deep in uh, in draft. Draft well, one thing I will say, Ralph, you know, if you were one of the few, if you were the one of the few people that got the hard copy book edition this year, thank you. One and two, it, it maybe it'll be a collector's item because that I can promise you will be PDF or book. The media business has evolved so greatly; it's just an outdated product. That was the 2023 NFL Draft Bible was the final edition. So, thank you for, for the run. Yeah, no, no, it, it was a good one. Like you said, it's um, I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but you know, it, it's great to have for an old timer. You know, uh, and, and I know I'm only 40 years old, but but a lot has transformed in the last 20 years of our lives. So um, 
You know, I don't buy the newspaper anymore. You know, who reads the newspaper these days, you know? And, and, and you see at Wawa, there's a stack of them. Nobody's buying it. And the only guy who buys it is Good 75. Yeah. What, what's that? I know. Yeah, yeah. I get, you know, it's, finding it's, one. They actually, when I moved down the shore, the first week I moved here, I was on the beach. I, I My morning routine, reading the paper, a uh, couple probably in their like late 20 yuppies walk by me. They start laughing at me, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, this guy still reads the paper i mean come on no it's 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 a different day and age and as much as there is a lot of value to being able to flip those pages and have that book in your hand and be able to go to it just the resources that it takes to put together something like that in this day and age it it, it, it it's just not it, it's not cost effective because, you know, I can go on Jets country and see the same profile instantaneously. And no, it's not in a nice book and I can't put it under my arm, you know, when I'm watching the fifth race from uh, Belmont. You know, I can't bang it on my knee, but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but it's but just. The problem, Ralph, is the audience, today's audience doesn't know they even want that because they didn't, they never had it to begin with. So it, the hard copy has lost its value in today's existence of society. No, without, no you've said it. It's, it is truly the digital age. And, 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 you know, I grew up where in high school, you know, we, we, we just got AOL and, and, and you heard the, 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 the fax machine to sign on, you know. But now these, these kids are born with an iPad in their hands, you know. And with, with high-speed internet video, you know, even television – uh, the, the younger generation, they're not watching television anymore. If we're lucky, they're listening to this podcast while they're on the move somewhere, while they're sure. working out, or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're on a drive, or, you know, maybe they just have it on as background noise, um, right. you know, but, 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 but that's the new day. Nobody's sitting there watching television anymore either. It's all on-demand content. It's, it's video on your phone. It's watching games on your phone. It's, uh... It, it's a new world, you know, it's a new world out there, but, but, you know, we adapt, we adapt, you know, they say adapt or die. So, yeah. um, I think adapting is the better alternative. Uh, and, and, and that's what we've done here at Jets country. That's what Rick's doing at all access football.com. And, uh, you know, it was great to catch up, uh, over an hour of, of insight and conversation, with uh, Ralph and Rick, uh, Ralph Entry for Jets Country, Rick Saratella for AllAccessFootball.com. Thank you so much, Rick. Until next time, uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to our Jets Country podcast conversation with NFL Draft Bible founder Rick Saratella. For the Jets Country Podcast, I'm Ralph Venturi. For more on our conversation with Rick and for your Jets news and opinions, make sure you visit si.com slash NFL slash Jets or simply type JetsCountry.com into the browser. Thanks for listening.